Well, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Becoming Better podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Krisma, and we're so glad that you are here. Well, on today's episode, Jason, Josh, and I sit down and we discuss practically how to be led by the Spirit. And we dig really deep into uh, the role that the spiritual disciplines have, uh, play rather, in us doing just that. We talk about things like uh, what it looks like to practically read your Bible if you're not doing that with consistency, Uh, the practice of silence and solitude, getting away so you can intentionally hear from the Lord and uh, other spiritual disciplines that help us be led by the Spirit on a daily basis. As always, if you've not yet listened to the message from Sunday, I do encourage you to pause now, go back and do so before continuing on in this episode, because it's going to help this conversation make much more sense to you. And last but not least, if you do have any questions or comments from Sunday's message, we do hope that you join us at quadcity.church podcast, where you could submit your questions to be answered right here on the show. Well, without further ado, we hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, good morning. Happy Monday, everybody. Yo, yo, happy Monday. We are back in our normal, I almost said studio, feels a little bit too much to say studio. <laughs> yeah. It's the green room backstage with some microphones in it. So yeah, we're back home. A uh, bit, bit better though, feels a little more comfortable. Though the, the road experience was kind of fun. I was, yeah. It was cool to be able to do that on the road. People were impressed by how good it sounded. Yeah, next time you see Nate, give him a high Shout five. Shout out to Nate. Because yeah. I was with him when he was trying to edit it and it was not a fun time trying to get <laughs> oh. all, that, all that road noise. He did a great job, I will yeah, say. No, like, yeah, for sure, I agree. It sounded a lot better than it could have, so. Yep. Yeah. That was uh, was the week away. I mean, we were all together, so it's not as if we were away from each other. But Correct. Yeah, it was cool, man. It was fun. Fun times. I thought so. Yeah. Got to play a little pickup basketball while we were gone. That was a good time. We did. You you still feeling it, Jason? I mean, you played one game. (laughs) Stop. I played. How many? uh, At least two. Two? Maybe three. All right. But I did quit before everybody else. (laughs) And I will say that my quads were actually sore two days later. From playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just haven't played in forever. So yeah. It was a good time though. I don't know. I, I don't know, but it. it was good. I don't know. The basketball was not great. It was it was brutal. Oh, I had a lot of fun. I did a lot of winning though. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that does that go does a long help. way. It goes that a long way help. to make it fun. That so was, that was very helpful. I mean, I dominated in the half court. Yes. I dominated. You're nine feet tall. And then they, you all decide, oh, let's go and run. And Jason, you picked all the old guys. You Literally. Did. You, we had the older team. It was all like Rob. It was, I was like, what are we doing? We're all in our 40s on this team. And it's all the 20-year-olds. I did look around thinking, okay, uh, Corey Heward, 24, oh. 23. I was like, yeah, I should probably pick him. He's probably the guy. I was just like, what is you? What are we doing? <laughs> I don't remember whose team. Were you on my team? I was. It wasn't because of, never mind. Like, <laughs> half court, though, was, yeah, we did fine. Yeah. Full. It was funny, though, because everyone was so much more tired after half court than they it was. Like, That's the, true. the pace of full court basketball is like you're just not running as fast as, it's true. as hard as you are, but you do have to get up and down the court. That, that, yeah, it was like a, you know, terrible concrete floor. You know, you're playing outside. Yeah. My poor knees were not loving that. But yeah, it was fine. Was, I didn't. Nobody's lose. getting a scholarship from this. We can, oh, no. We can clearly oh. say that was true. Oh, no. Yeah. But I did win some games, so it was fine. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I played a little bit of, uh, you guys weren't, weren't involved in this, but one of the nights we played a little bit of sand volleyball. <laughs> and I will say, I was so much more sore. The, the arches of my feet mm. were so, it was the most sore I was all week like just playing on on sand it was super fun it was, it was a great time but 
And we did some work. Did a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Let, <laughs> Just let, to make sure. It does sound like we were. Yeah, we did. You know, it sounds a lot like. Uh, like uh, uh, what's the movie? Uh, Top Gun. Like we're just hanging out at the beach and playing sand volleyball and basketball. And they don't play basketball in Top Gun. But that's they don't. Yeah. Whatever. That's fine. I think they played tackle football in the newest one. Like did they? beach football. They did. Yeah, uh, that happened. Yeah, kind of yeah. shifted a little bit. It's a good movie. It was. Yeah, it was I thought a, they did a good job. I still haven't seen it. I did too. Really well done in theater. But yeah, we did work. We got to talk about um, where we've been and everybody's journey within the team. Like when you came on, at what point? Um, and we've done a lot, yeah, over the past three years, yeah, since yeah. June of twenty twenty. Which I know not everybody on the podcast even has um, that framework either. A lot of For new sure. people, and so the church has changed a lot. Probably more in the last three years than in your first twelve. Is probably would you say uh, that might be a bit of a stretch because we came a long way from where I think we told you some of the stories from what no. was happening at the beginning. So there was a lot of changes in the first. But like those new, changes new camp- over 10 years yeah. versus these changes yeah, yeah. over three. New yeah. campus. Yeah. Whole new name change. Sure. Rebrand. Sure, all sure, those. Sure. Yeah. I'm adding. Obviously the team has grown. Yep. I mean when you were you said when you first were doing them it was how yeah. many people? It was like five or six. Yeah. So yeah. we have 19 now. So yeah. yeah it was it's a little different. But definitely different. Cool. A lot of fun. Good. Well, uh, um, we've got some songs that I felt, Jason, mm. really, you felt. I actually didn't feel. I didn't want to do this. <laughs> I didn't want to subject everyone to the pain they're about to experience so we their eardrums. Need, we need to set it up, though. Yeah. So last week, we were in Galatians 5, and we were talking about the fruit of the Spirit and the work of the fruit of the Spirit. And we threw out the question to the podcast of, are there actually songs that help people memorize the fruit of the Spirit? And we have some loyal podcast listeners who informed us that they did have some songs. And so they sent them to us. So I think it would only be fair to share it with all of our... Yeah. So if you have a hard time remembering the fruit of the Spirit, uh, just save this podcast, listen to these songs over and over again, and then you'll never want to talk about them again. (laughs) Probably. That's probably what will happen. But here we go. We We got two of them. Here's the first. Oh, this one has a guitar in it. The video does. It's it's got a whole band. It does. Okay, look at this. So, so I want to. This came from our friend Heidi, and I I just need to call her out because here's here's the thing. All right, so this song it's four minutes long, and so you can go and Google it up if you want. It's four minutes, and what did you say? It sounded like... It's like a cheerleading song. It for sure sounds like a cheerleading song. And here's the thing about this one. Heidi, you may have taught this song to your kids, but nobody taught this to you. Like, this was not a song (laughs) that you learned in your Sunday school class in the 80s, all right, or 90s. I don't know how old you are. But whatever it was when you were in Sunday school, there was not some dear white-headed grandma who was singing this song to you. So when we think about, when I think about church songs that help you memorize stories or what I was thinking about was more like Zacchaeus Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Like A wee little man was he? Like you had some grandma teach you that song. This one doesn't apply. So somebody, this is, I mean, it's at least 2000. Five. It feels fairly modern. I wonder what the timestamp on this video even is. So this is only five years ago. So okay. So so Heidi, I I'm saying this doesn't count. Like that's not the thing. All right. Now this next one was sent in by our friend Carly Lipel, and I think it it fits the mold a little bit better. Like I could see probably here. She probably learned it here. She probably uh, maybe, yeah. but this was for sure some song that you could. You sang at some camp without instruments. Like this was part of the, you know, first grader morning camp. 
So the funny thing about this one is this is what they still use. Like the reason she sent this is because her kids learned this at Trinity. So she's got kids at- uh, There you uh, go. See, that uh, makes sense. But that's like this year. Like now, like this is what they're, they're using. They're still now. using it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what, how you know it's a good one. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> the fruit of the spirit's not a coconut. Fruit of the spirit's not a coconut. If you want to be a coconut, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Okay, so that one. I don't understand why can't I be a coconut? Because it's not a fruit of the spirit, Josh. But why is a coconut bad? It's not bad, but it's not a fruit of the spirit. That's the point of the song. Okay. <laughs> All right. And I think there are some other verses. You can't be a banana. The banana's the one that's next. Yeah, okay. I, I spared you. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's videos that go with this. There for mm, sure are. Got a YouTube. So. Carly, I think you did a better job of getting to the heart of the issue of helping us memorize the fruit of the Spirit. The other song goes on for four minutes, and I think it only does that refrain like twice in it. So It is really long. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, thank you, ladies, for helping us learn yeah. the fruit of the Spirit. For those of you who want to— It's only nine words. Yeah, it I is. feel like we could remember those without a song. <laughs> I think what I learned is that— Like books um, of the Bible, I get it. That's a, we got yeah. 66 oh, of those things. There's a song for that. Yeah, I get that. There, there's what? a song for that one. So uh, I was thinking about—I learned one in college to help memorize the judges in the, in the, in the book of Judges. So there's Othniel, Ehud, Shamgar, Deborah, Gideon, Abimelech, Tola, Jer. So they go all through all the judges. Nice. Ehud is a left-handed prophet, right? Ehud, yeah. Yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. That's the king. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite judge. So, yes, there's a, one. There's a we song. We get the rest of them. You get that one. Left-handed guy. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> so there's the song, the Bible, books of the Bible song. So there's all kind of them. So, uh yeah, I, th- I think what I learned is uh, our kids' ministry needs to go create their own because Bible. those were not great. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we learned. <laughs> mm. Carly, I'm with you. I like the coconut song. I'll take it. <laughs> <sighs> oh, that's good. Well, hey, let's dig into uh, Sunday's message. The Sunday we were in week six. Is that right? We were in week seven. seven. That was week seven? Okay. Seven. Oh, they're just flying by. They are. They are. They roll. Um, week seven. Just put Josh to sleep. <laughs> 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 just just thinking about the sermon made him. Uh, <laughs> no, it was good. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. So we were in uh, someone's missing, and really trying to talk about this idea of what does it mean and how do we, uh, uh, how are we led by the Spirit? Like that was the primary focus. Um, and I want to start where you started, Jason, with this really um, good illustration of what we think we're saying when we're talking about, like what we think we're talking about when we talk about being led by the Spirit. Because there's this uh, far too common misconception, right, that there is this perfect plan for our lives and it's our job to figure out what it is and to follow it to a T. And if we don't, then, oh, man, we're down this road that we were never intended to be down. In Abilene. Yeah, jeez. Uh, what was your other? Uh, the other one wasn't great, though. Mount Vermont. Pelier, Vermont. Why there? Mount Pelier. I just, I don't know. And I don't 100% know if that's how you say it. I'm rolling with that's how you say it. But I'm like, I don't think that's how they bet they pronounce it. How do, would you? I don't know. I've never heard it's, of that it's, at Isn't all. it the capital? Maybe. This is a good chance. <laughs> but I feel like the Southern Peel is not how they say it. I, it's just probably we're not correct in how we say it. There's probably a song that helps us to know the capitals. Oh, there for sure is. I learned them. All 50 of them. But you don't know if Mount Pelier is Oh, no. I, that was fourth grade, buddy. I can't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, explain for any of us who haven't listened to the message or haven't quite... Uh, uh, fully thought about this since then. Explain the illustration for us, Jason. So, again, I asked the question in the service, how many of you had heard or been taught or maybe even just come to your own conclusion that there's this perfect will for your life and God has it all planned out and you got to get from one place to another. I got to find the right school and the, you know, the right 
person to marry and buy the right house and get the right job. And there, all of these points along the way, there's this perfect line that's supposed to play out for my life. And at each one of those junctions, obviously, there's you could either go left or right. Like I, you can marry this one or that one. And if you marry the wrong one, then you're off the path because you're not going to end up where you're supposed to be. So um, the idea was like that just creates so much pressure, I think, for so many of us to think about if I get this one piece wrong, that it's just going to ruin this whole thing that God has planned for me. So I wanted to try to recreate the imagery for us and get rid of that kind of linear um, idea. Because again, I just, I don't know that it's biblical. I don't, I don't think that that is biblical that we would have this one exact path. And if we get off of that path, then we're, we're doomed to live a second tier kind of life. So we ditched that imagery and more went with the imagery of a canvas, knowing that God has given all of us strengths and weaknesses and abilities and relationships and resources and passions and personalities. And those are like brushes and paints. And he just says, paint me something great. And this all falls under the category of the first point of the message, which was, look, if, if we have, if we want to follow after the Spirit and we make his mission our mission, if we run everything through that filter, then whatever we do is going to glorify him. Like, so if I'm running my life through the filter of I want my job to glorify Jesus, I want my family to glorify Jesus, I want my the way I raise my kids to glorify Jesus, the thing I do with my money to glorify Jesus, as long as that's the filter, then we have freedom in that. So the idea is just you got this canvas that is your life, and God's given you things to, to paint a beautiful picture with your life, a picture that glorifies the Lord. And um, I think there's just a lot more freedom in it than most of us have, have uh, realized. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure we've all known people, or maybe some of us have even experienced this um, ourselves, where uh, it can be easy to become paralyzed. Like if your mm-hmm. uh, theology of the will of God is I've got to figure it out and I have to stay on that path, uh, it can be pretty paralyzing, right? The idea of like, oh, is this the right decision? Because if it's not, then somehow, even though I'm trying to honor God, I am walking away from him simultaneously. And that's I like you just said, I'm not sure that's the picture that we have no. um, in scripture. Uh, but it's so easy, yeah, for people just to become paralyzed in this thought of, gosh, I've got to make the next right move. So much so that I think we probably have all known people who won't do anything. Right. Like we just stop in our tracks because until we hear clearly from God, whatever that means, I don't know what what to do next. Yeah. So I'm just going to stay here and um, be apathetic or complacent or, or whatever it is. And, and again, the intention is good. We just want to try to honor God. Um, I just think they're, is a shift in, hey, I can honor God in wherever he has me right now. And I also, the flip side of that is, and you did a good job of this on Sunday, um, definitely don't want to discredit the fact that sometimes God has very clear direction for us. Yeah. Like that happens. I'm sure we've experienced that. I'm sure you guys have experienced that where you have a couple of options, you're at a fork in the road and, and you feel one is more clear than the others and you feel God moving you or nudging you in a direction. Now, you guys have any stories like that? Um. Yeah, I mean, probably more the canvas piece. Like, I never would have put it in that illustration, but when we were going to go church plant, um, like, I knew God had called us to church plant. Like, we were very clear. Um, He called both my wife and I when we were both, like, in. I was in Florida. She was in Ohio, both in our, like, private prayer time moment of stillness with the Lord, reading the Bible, whatever. Um. Like, we both sensed, like, hey, church planning is what is next. We were trying to figure out where are we going, where are we headed. Um, and so we felt like that was the season for sure. This yeah. is what we were called to do um, versus maybe going to an already established church, just like God was calling us church planting. Now, the location, um, there was a couple of options. Um, we ended up in Bossier City, Louisiana, which is like northwest Louisiana, but there was, like, places in Texas, New Mexico, Kansas, but that was out because of tornadoes. Um, we were like, I, I don't do that. God said um, no. Yeah, yeah. God and Diana said no very clearly. Um, 
And so, you know, we talked about this when we were talking through the sermon. You know, if I'd have went to New Mexico, like I was still going to do the same thing. I was going to go glorify Jesus and tell people about Jesus. So like, now the stories and the people would have been different. Maybe some of the lessons I we learned, our experiences would have been different. But I don't think God would have been angry if we went to New Mexico. Like I just was like, oh, Bozier works for our family. I feel like we'd fit here. I feel like there was a good resources available and a good opportunity. And yeah, cool, let's do it. But if we had done the same thing again, like I said, New Mexico or Dallas or uh, wherever, I think the same thing would have happened. We would have, God still would have been pleased because we were making it our mission to glorify him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would much rather live that way of like, hey, I think just go. Go do this thing. I'm more probably of the thing that God slams doors. He's like, Psh, shuts them closed. Um, when we were looking to come here, there were a couple other places and this was like, oh, this feels like what God is doing and he closed some other doors. But I don't think he would have been displeased because we weren't going to do something horrible, mm-hmm. like you were saying. Um, it's funny, my wife actually, so Diana texted me during the sermon, and she goes, oh, I don't like the canvas idea. I like the black and white. I want to just know <laughs> that I'm, I'm such the opposite. I'm like, oh, that, I don't want to be bogged down with that kind of decision that I got to go this place and then this place and then this place. I want to go, oh, hey, what's next? Let's just get after it. Let's see what a God can do. And so she was like, Oh, there's too many decisions I have to make. That can't. That's too big. <laughs> she was like, funny. "No, I just want him to tell me." Oh, that's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, just such a different perspective. So somebody may have been sitting there, they're like her, going, "Oh, Jason, I don't, I don't give want me you. the connect the dots. Mm-hmm. I want the connect. I don't, or they just all paint by number." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I was gonna say that almost feels more like a burden though, because it's like, okay, you have a clear decision to make, but if you make the wrong one, yeah. You can never reverse it <laughs> for some for some of these. It's yeah. like you are you are in yeah. it, and you know you're on the wrong path yeah. now. Somehow, oh man, that's that's rough. I uh, yeah, si- similarly, right? Like um, going into ministry when I was uh, 17 or 18, made the decision. Um, really felt the call that hey, this is. I feel like this is where God's calling me. Um, I had yeah. I mean, to your point, Jason, a couple of paths. It was like. Hey, got a bunch of friends doing the same thing, going to Bible college. And that's a totally viable option. Both of you guys did that, right? In, in roundabout ways. Um, it's a totally viable option. I could go do that. Um, I had some mentors in my life, some wise people in my life um, that I talked to about it and then practically came to the conclusion that like, man, I uh, unsupported, you know, paying that much money for Bible college. I don't know if I need to do that right this moment. I don't know if that's the right choice for me. And I had that choice, which was totally on the table, a viable option. And I had the choice just to go uh, work for a camp with people that I knew I loved uh, and learn and be developed by uh, great leaders. And I had both tables or both both options on the table. Both, I think, would have been uh, equally glorifying to God. I think the path would have ended up very, very similarly. Um, Again, maybe not in stages or actions or, or choices that I'm making, but at least in the outcome. And for me, it was like, oh, it feels like a better practical choice to move to Prescott and work at UCYC and and do that for five and a half years as kind of my educational period. That was my uh, my step into this. Um, so it, it was there was a lot of peace in the midst of like, oh, I could do either. Like I think either is glorifying, either is good. Um, logistically, this one makes a little bit more sense, and I hate the idea of student loan debt. So maybe I'm going to go do this instead and give it a shot. Uh, and see how it goes. Um, so I think I think there is a lot of freedom in that idea of man, just try to honor God. Like wake up every day, try to honor God with your decisions and, and the things that you're doing. Um, because I just don't want to feel debilitated by this choice that I think I really have to make that really really impacts the the outcome. So what about you, Jason? Yeah, no, I think it's 100 percent true. There's, <clears throat> you know, when Kelly and I were moving here, I look back now and I say, yeah, it was the Lord's will. We were here. Um, there was a place we were looking at in Colorado and had I been offered that job and had I taken that job, do I think that that could have honored the Lord? For sure. For sure. Um, but as, as I looked at who we are and where we are, I think there are some places I can look at my skills and my abilities and look at my giftings and my personality there are some places that are going to work and there are some places that aren't. 
Um, I don't know that I'm probably the church planner for New York City. I don't know if that's probably. I don't <laughs> think you're going to San Francisco anytime soon, Jason. I don't, I don't soon, think Jason. that's probably for me, right? Yeah. And so, but again, that's part of my personality, my giftings, and I look at the the, the tools in my tool bag and say that's probably not the thing that the Lord's calling me to. So, but we do see, as both of you alluded, there are times where God. It is kind of that paint by numbers. There are some specifics in those seasons. Um, and again, we can look at it from a biblical standpoint. We look at the Apostle Paul, who was sent out on a mission to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And there in, in the book of Acts, it says he went up uh, into Northern Asia Minor and tried to share the gospel. And the Lord stopped him. And he went over to this other city and the spirit of Jesus stopped him. And he's like, look, I... I'm doing what you called me to do. But then he has a vision that night of the man from Macedonia. And Paul and his companions concluded, oh, the Lord's calling us over here. So he was sharing the gospel. He was doing exactly what he was supposed to do. But there was a very specific place that the Lord wanted him to do it. So he shut these other doors, stopped him from doing it, and made him go over to Macedonia and took the gospel to Europe for the very first time. So... I think there are these paint-by-number seasons where where God makes it clear. And maybe you're right, Josh. Maybe it's more of a, uh, instead of leaving all the doors open for us, he process of elimination, he shuts some doors yeah. to move us in the direction <clears throat> where he's calling us to. So, And sometimes we do get ourselves in trouble because we try to kick those doors open. Oh, yeah. Right? Like there are some times oh, yeah. it's like, ah, we probably, meh, I shouldn't. I feel like that's closed for a reason. Yeah. And you're trying to like, nah, I'm getting, this is what I want. And it just keeps not working. Yeah. Right. And I say we shouldn't be persistent in prayer and all those things, but there's some, I think God sometimes is very clear in our flesh wants these things. And, mm-hmm. and it just, it's like, God's like, don't, no, don't, don't do that. So, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's really good. Well, I think, uh, you know, you had these, Jason, these four points that I thought were super helpful in regards to, Hey, what does it look like? for us to be led by the spirit. Um, and I figured maybe we could just elaborate on a couple of them. You had some really good points um, and lines around uh, specifically the spiritual disciplines and how they help us mm-hmm. in our goal to be led by the spirit. Like they, they help deepen the relationship and our understanding and our, our intimacy with God because of the time we spent with him, spend with him and that helps open our eyes to where he's calling us to go, how he's leading us, the people that he's uh, help, helping us draw near to, that sort of thing. So uh, these these points, your first was uh, the obvious, and it was just make his mission your mission, right? That is the goal of the Spirit is to glorify Jesus all throughout Scripture. That's what we see as, as the primary goal of the Spirit. So, you know, one way that we can uh, clearly be led by him is to make that our goal also. So that was the one you spent probably the most time on. But these other three, I think, get really, really practical. Um, so the the second one is just read his word, right? How is it that we are best led by the Spirit? You read his word, which again, uh, scripture uh, intake, Bible intake, and scripture memorization were two of the spiritual disciplines that we preached on this past summer in Variety Pack, both of the Corys, if I remember right. Uh, Heward and, and Chatham taught on those two. Um, so I guess I, I'm just curious, like just getting a little bit practically, maybe we can even do a callback to some of those things that we learned in those two messages. What does this best look like? Like for someone who's not doing this, for someone who maybe reads their Bible when they feel like they have no direction and that's all they're looking for. And it's once mm. every six weeks. Like what, how does that person go from who they are today? Not very devoted to biblical literacy or, or digging into the word of God that we've been given how do they go from there and start taking a couple of steps? So I actually had that question a couple of times this week following this message. People ask me, where do I start? And so, mm. m- you know, my first my first instinct is always Leviticus. Said, <laughs> don't <laughs> go to Leviticus. <laughs> Leviticus is great for a lot of reasons, uh, but it's not where you start. And somebody asked, do I just begin at the beginning and go to the end? I said, no, don't do no. that. I, the, do that again, a few years in. Just give, yeah. give yourself a couple of years. Yeah. Well, again, we got to think about it. What is the Bible? The Bible is not a book. It's a library. Mm-hmm. 
it's 66 books. And in the same way, you wouldn't go to your library and just take the first book on the shelf and read all the books in order as they're stacked on the shelf. That would make no sense. So we don't do that with the Bible either. Okay, so begin with, I always say, begin with the book of John. In fact, um, I told him that's where I'm spending my time right now is I'm, I'm going through the book of John. So, and what, what studying the gospels does is it gives us a, a baseline for the life of Christ. It helps us to understand who Jesus is, because if I'm going to make my mission to glorify him, it would help me to understand what glorifies him. What is it that he's trying to accomplish in the world? What's his passion? What's, he, what, what's his intent? How does he treat people? What does he want for? for people and from people as he's interacting. And then I can incorporate those things into my life. So I always say start with the gospel. The epistles, epistles, just a fancy word for letters. So we have letters to the church of Galatia, churches of Galatia, uh, Philippi, Thessalonica. So all of these letters in the New Testament are really, really helpful. So Paul would go in and share the gospel but then he'd write these letters to help them understand how to live it out. So they're often very practical, and so they're really encouraging, but they also come with a lot of, hey, do these things and don't do these things, just like what we talked about in the book of Galatians chapter 5. There's a list of the works of the flesh are the things you're not supposed to do, and the fruits of the Spirit are the things that should be produced in your life. So those are really helpful. And if you just read through the epistles— there's a lot of things in there, as I said this Sunday, that you can then take off your prayer list. There's a lot of stuff you don't have to pray about. Am I supposed to move in with my girlfriend? No, you don't have to pray about that. You don't need the Holy Spirit to come tell you about that. Should I marry this person or that person? Well, there's some guidance in those letters that will help you to understand, yes, marry this type of person, but if they're that type of person, then it's a no. You don't even have to pray about it. So, when we begin to understand the things that God wants for us and calls us to and calls us from, it really does bring clarity to how I live my life every day. So again, so start with the gospel and then go to the epistles um, is usually my general advice to people. And what we talked about in that sermon about Bible intake was the challenge was four days a week. Like not even seven, like the stat is if you just do it four days a week, you're going to be better off because it will develop within you a rhythm and a program. So again, it's the practical to find a place and a time. time. You know, if you're a morning person, do it in the morning. If you're not a, if you're not a morning person, maybe it's not for you, right? Um, You know, if you're exhausted when you get home and think you're going to do it at night and you end up dozing off in the chair, it's probably not the best time to do it, right? So find a time uh, that works for you. But it is some discipline. It is carving out. I would say you have to put on your calendar um, that piece of it. So say, hey, I'm going to read my Bible for 15 minutes. I'm going to put it on the calendar. And nobody can interrupt that, just like we have for meetings or other things that are super important. Uh, and that's our life, and that's how we live. So that's a really great practical way, too, I think. So Yeah, and just the reminder that like uh, uh, discipline doesn't happen by accident. Right. right, like there's a whole reason they're called the spiritual disciplines. It's because it takes time and energy and intentionality sure. to actually uh, get out of these things what we think God has for no, us. Right, and again, finding the time and a place is huge. Really, really practical, and then just doing it. Like have mm-hmm. some sense of accountability or or something. There's a um, a bunch of great books on how to build habits and that sort of thing. Feel free to do one of those, like pick one of those up. Just generally speaking, because it's a habit. Yeah. This is one of those spiritual habits that we need to develop. Um, in order, again, to the goal being, uh, you know, how is it that we're led by the Spirit? These are the ways that we see uh, God leading us. So mm. the second of these, uh, listen for his voice, right? This is a big one. And we talked again, I think of the uh, Over the Spiritual Disciplines series over the summer in Variety Pack. Joe uh, taught, or one of our elders taught on the uh, spiritual practice of silence and solitude. And that's one of those ways that like getting away and being silent and, and intentionally hearing from God is is one of those ways we listen to his voice. I even think about the spiritual practice of Sabbath and being able to to rest and, and hear from the Lord that way. Um, how does that one resonate with you guys? 
listen to his voice. Yeah. Yeah. So I was trying to think of personal times. You know, I was actually thinking to to connect the dots from the the work of flesh. So, you know, last week or two weeks ago, it was, hey, there is something we can do to actually grow f- to kill the flesh. Mm. The first one was crucified and slow, painful death. Um, the second one is this. This is our piece of it. Like you said, this is how we play into this thing, reading the word, listening for his voice. So I was trying to think of the times I've clearly heard. Um, I heard so twice that I can like just off the top of my head. So when I, and I think I've told this, this story a couple of times on the podcast or maybe not. I don't know. But anyways, when I was first coming to <clears throat> my freshman year of college, yeah. So I knew I was supposed to be a pastor. Like I had pretty sure God called me to that. I had heard that. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do in my life. Um, but I played football. I wanted to play football. And so I kind of ignored it. And really just made a bargain with God, like, hey, let me go do my thing, and then I'll do your thing, you know. So I was definitely probably outside the border, for sure, <laughs> um, because I just walked away. I was gone. Like, faith was just non-existent. Well, anyways, we get to that summer, we're at a, a youth conference. Man, I hadn't read my Bible in at least a year. Um, and I'm sitting there on Tuesday morning, my Bible open. I couldn't even tell you where I was, but I was in the Word, and I clearly heard God say, are you done? And it was for me like this moment of like, I have to be done pursuing all of the things that I'm trying to pursue on my own. And I needed to, to um, end up walk away from football, walk away from college, go to Bible college, do all these things, really set my life back on path. So it was a lot of confession and repentance. I didn't even know that then. Like looking back now, I was like, oh, I was telling people because people needed to hold me accountable. I went and told my football coaches like, hey, I'm not coming back. Like, hey. And I need to confess that and say, this is the reasons why. Um, but it was in the word, literally. Um, again, the Bible was open on my thing. So I was doing a practice and his voice spoke. Now it's wild because, again, I wouldn't have told you that I could have even heard because I was so distracted. But I finally took a moment to be still and be quiet and be at a place. And I opened myself up for opportunity. So even if you're, you haven't heard it, right? Like, yeah, I'm telling you, I was as further away from being a believer, not a believer, being a follower of Jesus as anyone could be. And it was still loud enough that I heard it. And I was just at the right time and the right moment, and I actually listened. I'm not saying the past year he hadn't spoken, but I just was ready to finally listen and do something about it. So that's one of the ways. Um, so it's interesting that it was tied with the Bible. The other way is actually coming to Quad City. So my family and I knew we were looking and um, started looking, you know, for job stuff. And for a little while, like, um, I felt the impression of the Holy Spirit. So it wasn't as audible. Say, hey, you just need to reach out to Jason. Um, Jason and I had stayed connected over time, you know. Um, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to bother him. And then one morning, I'm in the office. I'm at my desk. I'm by myself. I'd either just finished reading my Bible and praying or I was about to. And it was like clear, hey, you need to text Jason. Literally text Jason, hey, man, family's looking. We're just maybe looking to uh, move in the West Coast is a possibility. We're not opposed to that. We're wide open, whatever. Do you know of anybody hiring? And Jason fires back, hey, actually, we have this job. Like we just posted it. Literally next day I'm on the phone with Brendan. Yeah. And we're having a conversation, Right. Like, again, it was that impression of like, you should do this thing because if, and I had been ignoring it for a little bit, right? And I kept being like, nah, I got this. I got this. I'm like, I, I can do this, you know? And it was like, no, you, sh- stop, do this thing and listen and be obedient. So um, those are the two that stand out for me in my life of, hey, I actually have heard the voice. And again, I'm just looking back. They're all connected to some kind of other spiritual discipline. Yeah. Because it does open you up in a way to actually hear. Like, if I'm watching Netflix, man, I'm probably not. No. It's just probably not going to happen, right? I'm probably not going to hear the voice of the Spirit. So these are really important and why mm-hmm. we spend such a great deal talking about them this summer. Because they open you up to begin to hear more from the Lord, I think. There, there is something, too, and again, I, you see this in the ministry of Jesus, this idea of um, going away, right? Uh, having a little bit of physical separation from the normative. 
Um, and I think, you know, even the, this past week, right, we, we just did this as a team, like collectively, we've got these strategic processes that we go through that, that we use to make sure that we're, you know, staying on mission, staying driven for making more and better disciples. Like we've got this whole thing and the, the guiding principle, one of the guiding principles of this is like, Hey, sometimes when it comes to evaluating how we're doing, we just need to get above it, right? There's, there's this tyranny of the urgent Sunday is always coming. We're always having the next conversation with someone about their walk with Jesus. But until we can step away for just a moment and see the greater, bigger picture, um, sometimes it's hard to actually even know where we are, yeah. right? It's like disorienting to try to figure out uh, where am I today? And I love that idea, just the kind of that, um, uh, those guardrails around this idea of listening for the voice of God being something that we can we can step away from everything that we've got going on in our lives. Again, I think it's a, uh, some of the beauty of the practice of silence and solitude and the Sabbath, being able to step away from the noise and the uh, you know constant feedback loops and all of the uh, the typical day to day, day in day out stuff that we deal with, and really focus on being intentional, like even just sitting and trying to listen or going for a walk or something that's abnormal outside of your routine. Um, I think that stuff goes a long way. Again, even if you're just walking around praying, to your point, using one of the other spiritual disciplines yeah. to try to try to guide your time. Um, but just being open to listen. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say for sure, because we all have, whether it's, I got to get these bills paid, I got to get the house clean, got to pick the kids up, got football practice tonight. Like there's a hundred things going on in our life that are vying for our attention all the time. Um, here's the one thing that, again, I'm always convicted. It's usually, again, Sunday mornings, like at nine o'clock or seven. No, usually earlier than that, like seven. 7.38, somewhere around in there, my iPhone pings and <laughs> tells me my screen time for the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it said this week, your screen time was up 8% over last week and then tells you how much time is there. And so again, you look and you think, Brendan, how am I going to spend more time? I ain't got time. I ain't got time to do the things I want to do now. And you want me to pray and read the Bible and get away and take a walk. And I got time for this. And then my phone says, oh, no, you do. Yeah, You for sure do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So there is that. We do. We have the time. It's just, do we feel like this is an important enough piece for us to use our time for? Um, so, the listen to the spirit piece. I've not had, and I shared this on Sunday, I've not had the experience that you have. Typically, it comes to me in, I can look back more than in the present. Mm-hmm. I look back and I think, oh yeah, that was the Lord. That was the Lord. And he was pointing me in this direction. I see it now and I I can understand why, how we got from where we are, from where we were to where we are. Mm-hmm. So, but I've never had one of those moments yet. Mm-hmm. I pray maybe one day I do. Yeah. Um, but, um, but I haven't yet. So it doesn't have to be the audible voice. And I think that's the piece that I just want to make sure that we're not chasing after those things. I mean, if they happen, they happen. That's great. God has spoken enough through his word and through the impressions. We don't have to sit around and wait for the thunderbolt from the sky voice. Um, he may use that at times to grab our attention. Apparently, that's what Josh needed in that moment. And those, again, I was going to say that's the caveat is those are only two times. Yeah, like out of forty years. Yeah, you know, walking with Jesus for twenty-one seriously. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So once a decade, he <laughs> yeah. gives you five words. Yeah. I mean, I probably have some other ones in there too, like just random. But yes, it's not like, and it's never searching. Actually, it terrifies me. <laughs> like it, like literally, like because then I, I don't have an excuse. No, so it's, it's for me not like a. Oh, I'm looking for this. Yeah, Lord, please speak. It's yeah. oh, I know when you do, it means something hard is coming. That's where we're going. Yeah, is these decisions when He does? It's never to make my life easier. Now it's been better. Yeah. and it's been so much more glorifying. Yeah, but walking away from the thing that. Gave me again, it's false identity, but that's all I knew. Yeah. And even moving across the country with four children is not like, oh, this is a simple decision. Like, 
one of them. When he talks, man, it's like, oh, this is going to make life really challenging. Yeah. And that's why for me, as the people who are always, I'm like, man, I don't know if you've actually heard God then. Because like you said, <laughs> right. he's only telling you hard things. Yeah. Never like, oh yeah, go go buy that boat, Josh. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's why the fourth, <laughs> that's why the fourth piece is so important, right? Yeah. Like yeah. obedience wouldn't be very hard if this is just making our life a lot easier. Like the reason right. that he obey him piece, your last point, Jason, the reason we had to say that out loud is because, again, what we've said over and over again, like if we are actually being led by the Spirit, we're going to be going some places we really don't want to go. Yeah. We see scriptural examples of that all the time. Again, I love pointing out the, um, the Psalm 23 one that we talked about a couple of times, I'm sure, where it's like, man, you're right. Yeah, like if you are genuinely being led by the Spirit, He's going to take you some places that by in your flesh you probably would not have gone. Which means we got to do it. Like we can, we can be. Uh, I can hear the audible voice that tells me to go do something, but it's still on me to go do yep. it. Mm-hmm. Right? Even if we had. So, um, I mean, in that, I, I just always circle back right to uh, discipleship groups, which we keep talking about, and we're going to keep talking about of like surrounding yourself with people who, when you can have these conversations of, man, I really feel God calling me in this direction, people that can not only hold you accountable, but encourage you in the midst of that stuff, can ask you about it next time they see you, shoot you the text. Hey, how's that thing going? Um, Because sometimes we need the help of other people to be obedient, right? To persevere and to stay on that road because Mm -hmm. it is going to be really hard. So any other thoughts on obedience? And too, because I I think what Jason has, nailed with these two sermons, especially as it relates to the Holy Spirit, there is this weird thing in us. It's like, I got to sit around and wait for him to do this. I got to wait for him to produce. I can't can't love any better. He's got to do it in me. I don't know which direction to take. Yeah, just wait. And it's like, no, actually, you have a part to play. Like, that's what I've watched out of these two being combined together is I know the work of the flesh is really obvious in my life, and I know there is a direction God wants me to go. And he is actually saying, I've given you the Spirit. Now go do these things. Don't just sit back and wait for it to happen, which a lot of people's faith is kind of like that in a way it seems. We're just sitting back waiting. Well, God's going to tell me. He'll make it clear. Um, You know, uh, he'll, he'll point me in the right direction. So it is the failure to launch in a way. Um, and it's like, nope, you have a very big piece to play. And the obedience is what comes from the crucifying your flesh. That I mean, that's the biggest, like, that's how we really do it, you know, I think. Yeah, and, you know, I, I don't know if I how well I said it in all three, but just want to reiterate, like, there is this piece that why would the Holy Spirit— <laughs> Tell us the next thing to do when we didn't do the last thing he told us to do. Yep. Like there is this piece where we have to obey. Obey. If you want to grow, do what you know. So that was a line I used way back in the day, preaching through Philippians. Like, if you want to grow, do what you know. Mm. You have to, you have to obey the piece that he's already revealed before we would expect him to reveal more. Like, uh, you know, that's the same with our kids. Like we we tell them to do the next thing, and we expect them to do that before we give them the next thing. Yep. Like there's this expectation: do the first thing I told you, and then I'll tell you the next one, and and that's how we grow. So, uh, if that's true for us, how much more well, us with our kids? How much more with the Holy Spirit in our life? So, yeah. There's one. There is one thing we talked about, um, which we can maybe close with. So you remember we were talking about Acts 15. Mm. We were talking about how they're together. They're trying to figure out what to do with the Gentile believers, and they make that line at the end in Acts 15. Hey, here are the three things. Don't do these. We got together as is like what is it? As it is good for us and the Spirit. Yeah, what's, it what's seems good to the Spirit and to us. It seems yeah. good to the Spirit and to us. Right? Like they were. People who are just like living out, and they're just normal people too. They're not like amazing, all better than us. They're they're the normal people given the same spirit we've been given, and they were trying to seek answers. And they're like, I think this is what he's saying. This feels good. 
Mm-hmm. Right, there's some uncertainty yeah. in that. It's so good, and right, the context of how big of a an issue that was within the early church yes. in Acts 15. Right, the the context being, you've got these Jewish believers who are still holding on specifically to circumcision. That was the sticking point. I wonder why that was such a big issue, Josh. You have any idea? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so they they're still sticking on, holding on to this. Like, no, all you Gentile believers must still be circumcised, and the Gentile believers are like, oh, that's not what I signed up for. I'm out. I don't. I don't think that that doesn't sound great. Uh. Uh-uh. And then again, this council uh, in the early church comes together, and their answer is, yeah, absolutely. Hey, here are these three things that are really important to us, all of which. Um, have this strict tie to idolatry, right? It was yeah. food, sa- don't, uh, refrain from eating food sacrificed to idols was one of the ones. Uh, refrain from blood. blood. And then what was the uh, sexual, sexual immorality? That's was the word. Um, so there's this, hey, these th- three things are still pretty important and it seems good to the spirit and to us to abide by these three things, but circumcision isn't necessarily on that on that list, which would have broken all sorts of preconceived notions, especially for the Jewish believers. Um, were they in Jerusalem? Is that, is that where this is all going down? Yeah. Jason? Yep. Yeah. That's what I, okay. Um, and I just, I've always loved the beauty in that, Hey, we are seeking the will of God, which so many of us are constantly, we are seeking the will of God and our, for many of us, our expectation is, Hey, we're pursuing his will, which means, of course, he's going to give us a clear answer. But notice the text doesn't say, God told us that these three things are now the only important things. It's, hey, this seems good to the spirit and to us. Like, we're going to have unity around these things, not because God gave us a crystal clear answer, but because we feel called to continue to pursue him. That was good. It is such an interesting Story. So if you haven't read it, it's read, you know, Acts 15 and just follow that story. Really, really all of Acts is uh, the people of God just trying to follow the Spirit. Like you said, where they're going, even with Paul, hey, I'm supposed to be going here. Nope, not going there. Go here. <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, it doesn't make any sense. Why are you doing this? What What is this? Uh, and Acts 15 is right there in the middle. And it's like, oh, okay. All right. So they... We're like 80% sure. All right, love it. Let's go. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah, send That's this letter. Rule, right? we'll yeah. Tell the people and rock and roll with it. But the this being led piece is, you're right, people want next step every step of the way. And I'm just not certain, like you said, I, I definitely wasn't certain that it is not how God operates. I'm with you now. I don't even know if it's biblical. Just and not, I just don't see it. Yeah. It's just not yeah. a piece of the, of how God, yeah, and so, you know, I think people just need to read the word, follow the word, trust the word, spend time with other believers. Glorify Jesus. Glorify, and he's going to tell you, like you said, if you do those four things, I can promise you he'll tell you what's next. Yeah, you'll get to the end of your life and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Right. Like, if if that's your mission, and when the Spirit speaks, you, you come in with a heart of obedience. Amen, Lord. Yes, Amen. A lighter to my feet. Yeah, which again is awful <laughs> because it's only letting me see the next. Step. I get to see the next step. I don't get to see the one uh, uh, a year away. Yeah, five years away. I get the next one. Yeah. Love that. All right, guys. Thanks. We'll uh, talk again next week.